just faithful and, and good to us. And uh, the example that I've seen over and over again from the Word of God, and, and it's valuable for us in everyday life, the, the Word uh, in John chapter 1, verse 14, says the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. It's talking about Jesus and, and, and how he became flesh. And that's the beginning point where we realize that, that the baby Jesus was born in a manger. But Jesus didn't start his existence as the Son of God didn't start his existence when he was born in a manger. Uh, in fact, verse 3, verse 1, it says in John 1, 1, he says in, the be- it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now notice those, those words, that word is capitalized, and that represents the fact that it's deity and the reference to God in that, in that, uh, in that reference. You know, the, the power of the Word of God, he goes on here, he says, through, uh, through him all things were made without nothing, without him nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning this or that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, and he was in the world. And though the world was not, or was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but they, his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born of natural descent, nor uh, not of natural descent, or of human decision, or of a husband's will, Born of God. So he's talking about those that are born uh, of spirit, born again, and, and have become children of God. So in, in reading that, we see that John started out his uh, gospel, his, his uh, rendering of, of the life of Jesus, in, in a different light than, than what we'll read in Luke and in Matthew and the other, the other disciples, the other apostles who wrote their accounts. He wrote it as, as an eyewitness. And he brought a different perspective. He brought this perspective of Jesus not just beginning as a baby in manger, not that the others uh, nullified anything that John's saying, but he emphasizes the value of the fact that he's been here always and has always been. The other thing that I think is important that he brings out that, that's so valuable to us is that he brings out that the only way to God, the only way for salvation is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way. There's no other gods. It's no better or optional offer or optional way. It's through Jesus Christ. And so as we see what Jesus did for us, that those notices, those who received him, and those who believed in his name, those who were made and able to be the children of God. And so those some things that, that John brings out that are a little bit different. You know, in that Greek time period, I don't spend much time here, but they, they, they had an understanding of, uh, the, of the Word. And that Word becoming flesh was a paradigm shift for them and those who had a Greek background. It was also a, a shift for those from, from their Hebrew background or the Jews, you know, to think about that, that here 
their their Messiah would come in, in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in a, in a stable. But to common people, those things shouldn't have been uncommon to them. But they were they seemed uncommon to them, and they they struggled with that a lot of times. I think people they, they, they try to spend too much time reasoning out how this all works. Struggle with the gospel. Struggle with what Jesus uh, provided. What, with what Jesus did, made it difficult for them. But uh, when we just accept those things, you know, if you start looking at uh, the immaculate conception and you start looking at the way uh, all that, that took place within this, it can sometimes boggle our mind and cause us to struggle with the ability to believe. But yet, when we believe by faith that God, you said it, that's enough, and I'll, I'll receive it. Uh, that's what it takes that being that having that faith. But there was a uh, some of our leaders says what Jesus taught and what he did are tied in separately to who he is. You know, you, you think about Jesus and who he is. That I always tell people if you want to know the will of God, look at Jesus alive. He was here for three years, uh, spent what's well, been thirty years, the three years of his ministry. They're so well depicted through the four Gospels and, and uh, some of the book of Acts, and then reference to all the way through the New Testament, the life of Jesus, the example that, that he, he, how he walked, what he said, what he did. That's the heart and the will of God in full manifestation, full demonstration in all that Jesus did. Jesus couldn't find himself in full humanity and lived as a man. He never ceased to be the eternal God who has already existed, the creator and the sustainer of all things, and the source of eternal life. This is the truth about Jesus, the foundation of all truth. And so those are some things that I just wanted to know. But we'll just look at three different types of people who, who hear from God or hear the word of God. Uh, in uh, Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, uh, he, in uh, chapter 1, let's turn over to Matthew chapter 1, and we won't read, spend much time there, uh, but Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, there's a quote here, and it says, uh, in verse uh, 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to, to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this was the... the Time when Joseph was given a dream, that Joseph, uh, who's considered or called, uh, even though he's not God, uh, Jesus' father, but he was the one who raised him. He's the one who cared for Mary. He's the one who taught him as a, as a boy who, who had the carpenter shop. He's the one given that role, that position, that place. But he didn't have to take it. And, and Joseph uh, was struggling with what he was going to do. And the word of the Lord came to him in a dream and said, It's going to be all right. Do just as I've said, and it'll all be good. And Joseph said, Yes, he, he received that. He obeyed. In fact, let's read that in verse uh, 20. It says, But after he had considered this, his considering was, Well, I guess she's pregnant. She's, we're not yet married. This something's wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divorce her, or I'm going to put her away. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in, in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is, uh, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All 
this took place to fulfill the Lord, what the Lord has said through the prophet referring to Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. You will call him, they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Then Joseph woke up, and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate the marriage until after the birth of the son. In that time, uh, in that example, we see different types of people. Now, in the reference to, without turning there, but in reference to that quotation from Isaiah, all the way through the Bible, the Old Testament, it pointed to Jesus. It pointed to the, the Messiah. It pointed to a Savior. It pointed to a need for a Savior through uh, the description of man's sinfulness, uh, the, the establishment of the law. There was all those things that, that pointed to Jesus, the need for a Savior. But there were certain places also where it was prophesied how he would be born. And Isaiah, during a time when, when Israel was in, in, a, in, a, in a struggle, in fact, uh, Isaiah is quoted like 50, uh, is quoted 50 times in the New Testament. He's considered the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest prophet of the Old Testament. And, um, but he, and he served through five kings. So Isaiah had, a, had a, an extensive life and ministry, uh, and, and it's a really neat study of, of the life of Isaiah. But one of the things that he spoke was prophecy, and, and as, the, as the prophets did. And for Israel, there were times that it was not good. He told them, you know, judgment. He told them things that, that were going to happen that were not good. Why were they not good? Because the people were rejecting God and listening to God and obeying God and not following uh, the, the, the plan of God. But in this statement, he there was a there was a double prophecy going on back there in Isaiah. But it, it pointed out and it pointed to all the way into the future that you're going to see this this marriage. And yet all those this virgin conceived have a have Jesus and the Son of God being born. And yet, through all that study, all that experience, all that hearing, when he came, they still rejected him. It's interesting how there's there's three different types of people, and the first part type of people is, is those that hear, but don't have ears to hear. They're not willing to, to truly hear. They'll, they'll, they'll look at that word, or they'll hear that word, but they won't hear. Kate and I were himself and me uh, yesterday or the day before. And... Uh, and uh, we were doing some work up, uh, uh, up uh, on the ranch land, and, and uh, he, asked, you know, he got hungry. I don't know what the problem was. It was all, all like 1245. And uh, I mean, we were working right through. I'm trying to get some cakes on, and I was well done having him hold stuff. And finally, we had a little break there. And he goes, uh, well, we going to eat lunch. And I said, well, I don't have time. But I said, I'll tell you what, you, you, when I saw, I sent him to town to, to pick something up. And, and he, he went to this convenience store. I don't say exactly who it is, cause, but oh, where it is. But he, he went to this convenience store to grab something to eat. And it was interesting. He walked in that convenience store. There was nobody else in there. If we had went at 12 o'clock, it probably would have been full. There was, it, was a, it was a divine appointment that God set up to give him an opportunity to share in somebody's life. And this, this man through, or this person through, through no apparent reason began to share his life and his challenges and, and the issues of his life and how he really didn't have much will, will to live or hope to live. I mean, it, was, it was fairly, in a short little time period, a not very 
knows, man, this this man needs Jesus. This person needs Jesus. And so he begins to share, just real quickly, to share something about how Jesus has changed his life and how valuable it is to, to give your life to the Lord. And that man's response, that person's response, keeps saying, it's a man. Right? Okay, you know, all right, I'm already let's tell you, it's a man. Nothing matters. But this guy says, he, his first response was, oh, don't give me Jesus stuff. And he didn't outwardly say that, but in, in case sharing that, his first, his first response was, Oh, you're one of those Jesus guys. Oh, you're one of those Jesus. Oh, you think it's all about Jesus. Now, 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 my question is, if his life was without hope and everything is falling apart, seemingly, uh, uh, we didn't hear the whole story of why he got there, but if things are not going well, would you not consider a life of nothing? That's like a drowning man rejecting a, a one of those grand things, life deserved. It's like a drag man or check man. Yet that's what happens so often where people are concerned. Why? And there's several reasons why. Number one, maybe, they, maybe they've already made a predetermination that, that Christianity is not for them. Maybe they, that maybe they made a predetermined decision that Jesus Christ is, is not the answer. Maybe they just Christianity by Christians. And sometimes Christians fail. But that's where the grace and mercy comes in. That, that, that's where we, we should we should all be that great Christian. We should all be perfect all the time. But sometimes we're not. Sometimes we fail. We need to judge the Word of God by the Word of God. We need to judge the promises of God by the promises by, by the one who promised it. And that's, that's the one, Jesus Christ. But there's some people that have a predisposed idea of what of what. Christianity or what Jesus, a life within him, provides. They just don't have ears to hear. Sadly, again, not judging that man, not judging his life, but if things are not good, why not try giving your life to Jesus Christ? Why not try giving your life to God? And so there, there, there were people in that time period back in, in Isaiah's day, and, and there's still people today who just don't have ears to hear. They just don't believe that they need it. Other times, it's just because life's so good. It's like, hey, God, uh, don't don't mess it up. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun here. I remember being that guy for a period of time. It's like, hey, but, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to mess up my 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 life at this point. But I tell you what, I wouldn't say uh, give my life to God for, for anything. Let's look at Luke chapter one, and we'll look at another one who. who uh, Hears the word and believes. Obviously, we know the story of Jesus, uh, or this in, in the Christmas story about Jesus, that there was those who grabbed a hold of that word and wouldn't turn it loose. In verse 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mom, that was a cousin or relative of Mary. God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth. A town in Galilee to a virgin place to be married to a man named Joseph. A descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. And he'll be a great he will be great, and he will call the Son 
He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob, descended, descend, Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary's response was, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who has said to be unable to conceive, or sometimes I should say barren, is in her sixth month. For now, the word from God, for no word from God will ever fail. And you know, that in and of itself, we see Mary receiving a word from God that was outlandish, that was, that was far beyond anything she could ask, think, or imagine. It's obviously a, a good thing that she was planning to be married. She was planning to have kids. It was good that, that, that these things were coming. But the order that they came and the way that they came and all of these things, this was something great. She had a choice to, to either to hear it, to believe it, and receive it. And, and that was the difference between her and, and many of the people who hear a word from God. Sometimes we heard, we hear God saves, God forgives, God provides peace, God, God supplies our need. And, and sometimes we hear that and sometimes we don't. Well, in this instance, even what she heard, she had a choice to, to, to receive it or not. Now she questioned. But you can tell by the way she questioned and you can tell by the response of the angel that it was a simple, honest question, not a question filled with doubt, not a rejection of the word. See, it's okay for us to be honest with God. He knows we anyway. It's all right for us to say, God, you know, God, as long as we don't stay in that place of question, as long as we, we continue to receive and allow the word of God to, to, to come alive to us, she was unsettled, but she still hung on to the hope. It's like, wow, God, that's amazing. How can this be? But there was not a rejection. There was a reception. Just more information to be. Then the word came to her, and she grabbed a hold of it. Faith came. Notice in verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. You know, that's, a, that's something that we grab a hold of. See, sometimes we can't understand how it's going to happen. We're sharing this with Kate. He's, he's going into ministry, and it's relating to him the 29 years of, of what we're, you know, we've come through ministry and all the different twists and turns and, and, and different seasons that happen in life. But I, and I told him, I said, there are things that God put in my heart and, and stuff still in my heart that God put in my in, in things that I see as a, as a vision, things that are out before me. That some things took five years, some things took ten years, some things are still in the 29th year of, of committing our lives to ministry. Our lives have still not come to complete for fruition, but yet we see God continuing to work. So, so we hear that word. Now, so if God promised something or God spoke something and it didn't come immediately, has it failed? No. And I wrote in my Bible and I wrote down in these notes that no word from God will ever fail, but it's only us who fail to hear, to receive, and hold fast. See, how many times does God say you're forgiven? 
and you receive that, and you get the peace, and you're free from the condemnation, and then you walk out the door and you remember what was done, and you and you allow that to pile back onto the word of faith. Was the word still true? That's just one example of a way that we that we walk receiving the grace and mercy and love of God and be free from be free to live in what Jesus provided for us through His birth. And that growth wouldn't work. God says, He'll give you wisdom. Do you always feel intelligent? Do you always feel wise? I mean, there's a lot of times whenever I'm struggling with a decision or something, and, and it's like, I'll give you an example. Uh, this is a, a little bit small, but yeah, but it's big when you're in the middle of it. It's, it's uh, I'm trying to fix it some corrals. I had, we did a vision board. My wife decided to get this big idea last year that she's going to put all four of our kids were home for Christmas. Cousins are from New York, Cassie Blake were there. We were going to do a vision board. So we got a big piece of paper in and go and cut out what do we want to see, where do we want to see ourselves going in the next three to five years, you know, out, out in the future. And so, of course, you know, what was awesome and, and uh, what's, what's taking place in 2019 is a, is a pretty good example of this. I'm number one, you know, just uh, being an effective communicator of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the, the word of God. And, and I put the, the, the church, I put a picture of the church on there and I said that it'd be strong and growing and, and effective. And, and, and I'm just saying that was, that was one of the things. But then I also put barn and I put pipe crowds, pipe crowds, nice permanent crowds. I put those two things on there. And, and I was determined. See, I only got like five more days, uh, four or five more days. And I got the barn and I don't have the grills quite yet. And I've been pushing. I mean, it, 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 I've been pushing. I mean, there's days, and, and I've had help some days, some days I haven't. And uh, I was out there in the troops about the middle of the week, uh, Wednesday, I think it was. The wind was blowing, and we're coming up on a hill. I've got six more gates today. And I was determined I was going to get those gates out. And I, I figured out a real easy way to do it when you got two people. Well, that when, when you've got one, and so I had my front end loader sitting there, and I just strapped that thing to it, and, and I, I hold it, and you kind of got to get your tongue out here to the side, just hold your mouth to try, you know. But I've got this hands, I'm on there, and it's hanging, and I'm, I'm leaning, and I get it just right, and, and I cross my level, and, and I'm holding all this, and you guys have done this, put my hood down, and I'm, I'm you know, your welder stick or something like that. But and you can get this stick welded, and, and I stick this gate up there, and it was just a little bit off. And I thought about, well, do I say that's good enough? Or, you know. So I cut it off and cut it back off. I just had a tack on it pretty good. I, I cut it back off there and I cut it down and got it ready to go. And then I spent five more times. And in the midst of this, my welder quits. And I can't get my, I can't get my rod started. And I'm thinking, oh, what's going on? I'm getting kind of mad. You know, I'm getting kind of frustrated. And, and oh, this was the morning, if any of you are on my Facebook friends, you, you know I spilled my cereal and milk in my console and I didn't have to start today. So, so yes, and, and, and I put that picture up there just so everybody can have a laugh because, I mean, it's like, man, what a stinky day. And, and so, of course, I was in a hurry because I had my hands full and I was in a hurry. I set my car up in my console, throw my coat in there because my hands were full and forgot my cup was there anyway. And I didn't see it for a minute, so it really emptied out through the hands in my console. And so here I am digging cereal. And, and, and I was hungry too. I'm going to scoop that stuff back up in there and pay it later. But, uh, but, but I, I, I was 
so frustrated. So, so uh, here, here was here was my prayer. My prayer was, God, I ain't supposed to be out here. I mean, I was literally thinking about just starting over, just going back home. Now, I'm not one that gets down and messed up by, by one or two things happening, but I mean, the fifth, the fourth, third, the fourth time that I'm cutting this gate off and rewelding. I'm remembering the fact that I started my day still my concern in my council, and, and, and now my welder fits. And I'm thinking, okay, God, am I supposed to be out here? And I asked him that. He said, Lord, am I supposed to be out here today? I mean, you know, I kind of like going on range, I'm not supposed to be here. And, and so I don't know, by golly, these gates are getting wrong. At least this one is. And so I started getting aggravated. And so I started tearing this welder hood off to get to there's supposed to be my breaker switch or something or a fuse and I can't get to it. And I'm about, I got this thing about six screws taken out, about half this thing taken loose, and a thought came, what you call that one 800 the service guy. I call the service guy. I don't know anybody. You guys are going to this. But I call this guy, and, and we go through the steps. I said, I got him right away. Thank God I do it. had to be God. This, you know, because the service guy to be first ring right there. I had given him help me. He comes up. He goes in a scenario. Nothing's wrong. He goes, well, you know, he said, let's get down question. And I said, okay. He said, have you tried a different rod? We switched the deals. We sometimes I said, "I'm hitting right on the ground." He goes, "But sometimes the ends of those rocks will be covered." Good enough. I said, "I've been welding since I'm 14 years old. I changed the rod." Now I'm tell you, I said laugh. I laughed and I told that guy, "I said you are my favorite guy today." I said, you are awesome. Thank you for showing how stupid I am. <laughs> I didn't say that. I was thinking it. You know, so often, we, 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 we come before God on, on so many different levels, and, and, and we just have to ask ourselves, what is it that God would, have, would, would do for us? What is it that He would do for us? See, sometimes we turn loose of His promises. Sometimes we, 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 we just let the frustrations of life stop what God's doing in our lives. And we get things so out of kilter, so out of, out of whack, so out of, you know, we let things derail us. And that shouldn't derail us. I know some people tell me they're dead all day for And listen, one day was good for a little while. But then pretty soon I just laugh. It's like, I'll I, I share that story because everybody can relate to that. Everybody can have some fun with that. Everybody can, can, can there's, there's hope in that. But what about the more serious things? What about whenever we, whenever we hear God say, see, God's, God says that he'll give us wisdom. I wasn't feeling very smart, but I found wisdom. It's an 800 number to a customer service guy in Nebraska or somewhere. And he said, Jim, something so simple. And see, in my whole head of this, I could say, no, I'm not the dumb. I'm captain, dude. I've never, I've welded all my life, pretty much. Never had a little rod. I couldn't. If he said, you had Yeah, you probably had Okay, he welds every day, all that. See, it's doing something simple. See, a lot of times in our, in our walk with the Lord, we turn this to the Word before the Word has an opportunity to work. So we continue to hang on to that. See, when I was first born again, when I first made Jesus Lord in my life, I was really surrendering my life to the Lord. I was about 24 years, 20, well, 20 years old, I guess, when I really surrendered to God. 
But even going into ministry, there were times when God said, you're called. God said, I'll provide. And God said, go here. And I tell you, there were times when it didn't appear to be working at all. But yet all I had to do was remain faithful. Hang on that word. See, Mary just chose to, to, to not step out on the word of God. She could have chose to say, God, that's too big. That can't happen. She could have chose to, to, to not hold on to that, or maybe even not hear that word. But yet God is speaking in his life. See, I, I, when Kate, after he shared that story to me, we were, we were uh, going on during our day. I just stopped and I said, well, let's pray that the words you shared, even though he rejected them, they still be seen to change his life. That somebody else would, would add to that word. That somehow in his, in his sleep or when he woke up or wherever, that God would be with those words are settled in, in his heart. That Jesus Christ can change our lives, can make a difference. See, there was there were some shepherds, and I'm going to run out of time, so let's, let's go to chapter 2. Let's just say something. As you know, you know the story and how it relates that Mary and Joseph did end up in Bethlehem. They did. She did have the baby. And as the baby was born, in, uh, in verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth of Galilee and Judea to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house of Rebekah and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and, and was expecting a child. While they were there, there was time, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped it in the clothes, which again, wrapped him in clothes, and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them in the end. I'm going to have that part. Verse 8, and there was shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch of the flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid, and bring, I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all people. Will cause great joy for all people. He said, I'm bringing you great news. See, even when you build cereal in your console, you fight a gate to weld it up and do it five times, and you can't seem to be smart enough to trade electrodes or weld rods out. That's the that's the good news. Today, the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, The word of God is highest, and on earth to those who, uh, those on whom his favor rests. Verse 15. When the angel left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. You know, I want to pause right there before we read those, those last few lines. Because here's the thing, those, 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 those simple shepherds, they heard the word, and notice before they ever saw it, they said, I love that, this thing that has happened, past is already settled, they already believed. See, sometimes the word of God speaks in our lives, and we say, well, I believe it when I see it. But when we learn who God really is, 
And we learn the power of the cross. We learn the power of what Jesus provided through, through, the, through his birth, his life, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. We can understand and know that he's work in our lives. He says, this thing is already happened, which the Lord has told us about, verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to, to them. Then Mary treasured, uh, but Mary treasured of all these things, part of them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all of the things they heard, seen, and, and seen, which were just as they had been told. So they heard the word, and they believed, they received. But the other thing that took place in those shepherds was they were transformed. Don't say what those shepherds did after that. They lost their job. I don't know. They lost the seed. They stepped out of what God said. They believed, they, they received, and they acted on it. And because of that, they were transformed. See, whenever we hear the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we hear what, what has been provided for us through the birth of Jesus and, and all that he provided, will we believe, will we receive, and will we hang on to? Because I can promise you, there will, there will be plenty of time, plenty of opportunity to, to let go of what God's promised. Just asking that question, what has God promised First of all, He's promised us salvation for any who come to Him. And then He's promised us all, everything else in that 